Hey, y'all. Welcome to Co-Parenting Past Chaos, a podcast that gives you a raw and unfiltered insight on marriage, divorce, the crazy adventures of co-parenting, and so much more with your hosts, April and Lauren. Not only are we best friends, we are also the wife and former wife of the same man. Join us each week as we take you on a journey inside our wild and chaotic lives and show you how we were able to forge and maintain a positive co-parenting relationship while collectively parenting a lot of kids with a few husbands. We're definitely not professionals and we'll probably get you into more trouble than you bargained for but what we do have is a sense of humor street smarts and a few decades of experience under our wife mom and divorcee bill this ain't your mama's podcast welcome to episode 138 of past chaos Yay. hey y'all hold my beer uh, today hold your beer today How's your weight? You could have asked me that yesterday. <laughs> okay, well, and it would have been day. great. But March, you know, it's the second day of March. The first day, not so bad. Actually, pretty good. <laughs> this, <laughs> I was thinking of a meme I saw. The second day, not good at all. Oh, I'm not going to go into details about my second day of March. But what I will say is <laughs> my, <laughs> my day. Hold on to your panties. My day ended at the grocery store, grabbing my wallet on my purse, and my panties fell to the ground. Oh. So if that's any indication. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. I, I have to find the hilarity in this because only that this shit would happen to I me. I would have died. I'd have walked out. I mean, it would have been over the edge. Honestly, it was, I had to pay. I wouldn't have said, just keep on. It was such it a, bad. it was such a slow motion process too. And I just looked down at my feet and there's my black thong. And you just pick them up like nonchalant. Was, yeah. And I voiced it. Well, my panties just fell out of my bag because I was on the phone with my mom. And this is not funny, but like my mom had called me because my grandmother passed away. And That's so terrible. It, which is which is awful, super sad. But then it was also like granny and then it was under your pain. Yes. And it was almost like my grandmother's first day, you know, the afterlife. This is what she chose yeah. to send me as a sign. Here, Lauren, here's your panties. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she was saying it's time to take your panties off. Maybe it's time for a party. I'm going to go with that. Maybe that's it. Maybe it was Granny just, is having a good time. She there. was saying, don't take life too seriously. There you go. Because you know what? At the end of the day, your panties could end up at your feet at the grocery store. If my panties were down by my feet right now, I'd be in a little better mood. I would too. That's the irony. God. Oh, gosh. Well, I've had a good week. Not that good. Not as good as you. Nothing that exciting. Just, you know, doing the mom thing. Tanner's got another soccer tournament this weekend. Last weekend, I sent him with another soccer mom because he just was a guest player. But this week, I get to carpool with one of our friends. I know. I love her. neighbor. So I'm excited about that. All of our little boys started soccer. Yes. Lauren is so stoked. <laughs> not. She's not. She hates it. <laughs> I get to tag along. So last weekend was their first weekend of games. Mm-hmm. And I get to tag along for Jagger's game. And John took Jack to his game. And it was, it so reminded me of when Haley and Taylor and Tanner all started soccer, just watching them. It was so cute. And then they beat the team like 26 to nothing. It was sad. <laughs> it's so chaotic. <gasps> it is. Age. It's just like cockroaches when the lights come on, you know, everybody's yep. running and they're trying to get the ball. Everybody's kicking the ball. They're just kicking, just kicking air, kicking feet, kicking shins, everything. <laughs> oh, it's nuts. funny. So I'm not going to get to see their games this weekend because I'll be with Tanner, but I'm excited to watch them play next week. I, I want to see Jet. 
I'm just real excited to see him. <laughs> I see it sucks because they all have games at different times at different locations. So I'm going to have to rotate who I watch. But because I haven't watched Jackson play yet, I only watched Jagger. Oh, yeah. But it will be Jet's first game. So like I want to be there for that one. But I know John, I don't even know how we're going to juggle it. But I want to see Jet. I just I know. Because we've seen Jack play. He's exactly. played before. So. Well, and Jet, if you think chaos was bad with Jaggers. Oh, my God. Watching I six remember and seven those days. Girls, it's hilarious. Yeah. It's like watching drunk people leaving a bar. Oh, yes. <laughs> like baby giraffes being born with soccer balls. Okay, I got to tell you what happened to me the other day. Oh, my God, I'm dying. Okay, go. It's so hard to keep things from you because I see you every day and I want to tell you everything. I'm like, nope, I got to save something. I want to get a good reaction. Now, we know I'm not the brightest. Mm-hmm. I got some street smarts, apparently not enough when you hear this story, but I feel like I'm pretty intelligent when it comes to certain things. However, I'm not. The world's best driver. You don't say. <laughs> and I just, I own it. I'm not dangerous. I don't feel like. Do you think I'm dangerous? <laughs> no, I'm just staring at her, knowing that I've hey, been I in the car. I'm dangerous now. I'm just like, sometimes they're going to pull my license from me. They are. Okay. I just feel like sometimes I drive and then I just get some. You don't pay attention. And I don't drive. know how I'm I aware. There. Okay, I'm aware. Well, <laughs> this is what happened. So I'm headed to the gym. Okay. And I noticed blue lights ahead, but I didn't think anything of it. And then I see more blue lights and I'm like, oh man, I can't wait to tell Lauren it's another high speed chase. And we're so excited when we get to see those. So I'm driving and I see one of the cops pull over and I'm like, what is he doing? So I just keep going and like all these cars are moving over into another lane. Well, I needed to turn right, but all these cars are moving over to the left. So I moved over to the left with them because I thought because the cop was pulled to the right that the lane was closed. I ended up in a funeral (gasps) procession and I couldn't get out (laughs) and I was so scared and then I was humiliated because I'm not part of the funeral, but I was in it. And then I felt like an ass because I don't know the rules when there's too many roads going each way, you know, what are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to pull over if you're in the lane of the funeral? I I was so confused. So I just ended up eventually almost to the graveyard and I finally pulled over. and I was like, I have to get out of this because I can't pull up to the like graveyard and get out with these people. It was I was I was more. I would have followed him and been like, oh, is this not Lauren's grandmother's? Funeral. I'm sorry, wrong one. (laughs) It was terrible. I'm like, I need supervision. I think every 10 years you should have to recertify so you can learn the rules again. Imagine when I'm like 85. Well, by then you do actually have to go to the DMV. I'm going to show that you can drive. This is not, this isn't good. Wait, how many, hold on. Since we're on this topic, how many times did it take you to pass your test in Hawaii to get your driver's license? Because I love you to the ends of the earth. Four times. It was four times. And I was 30. Three zero. That's why I brought it up. I'm, that is terrible. I really should need to take my test. To be fair, I've never had to retake mine, so I probably would fail too. I mean, I don't know. Well, I accidentally let my license expire and I had to retest. I should check my license. I don't know when mine expires. Do they let you know? No, they don't send a letter, an email, a text. Nothing. It's just you go one day and you get pulled over and you have no license. I love that for you. <laughs> I know. Like, what the heck? All right. So if you follow us on social media or you're a regular listener, you know that 
Both of our daughters are pregnant. Haley is due soon, and she's having a boy. We did this whole gender reveal, and it was great. Well, Taylor, who's our younger daughter, she's pregnant as well, and she did not want to find out the sex of her baby until she just announced it on social media. (laughs) Surprise. And I'm like, well, if she gets to say it, then I guess it's free game, right? So I get to say that we're getting a granddaughter. We're finally having a girl. I'm so freaking excited. I'm so excited. We don't have girls. We've got this house full of stinking boys. And now we get to hold this little baby girl. And oh, man. She's going to be spoiled rotten. Without She's going to have all the pink tutus you can even imagine. She is. Okay. Can you announce the best part? Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, I won't say her name because I don't know if that's allowed. She but, posted it. Oh, she posted it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So they're naming her after me. Lovey is getting a namesake. Is that what they're called? You are. Her name is going to be Adeline Nicole. Which is your middle name. Yeah, Nicole, Nicole is your middle name. They brought me this little gift and they were thanking me for their wedding because, you know, I did all the planning for their wedding. And I opened this box and it was a little pink bow. And I'm like, oh, my God. I just screamed and I cried. And then later that night, they FaceTime me and they're like, you know, mom, we found out what we want to name the baby and we're going to name her after you. And then I cried even more. And it was the whole thing. And I'm so honored. Like, that's the biggest honor, it especially is. from the kid that you th- Thought didn't really like you, you know? <laughs> so there's something to look forward to. Yeah, there you go. They do really like you. They're naming their baby after you. We hope you enjoyed last week's episode on Giving Up. This week, we're going to talk about how to survive raising teenagers. Oof. The end. We don't know. So I don't Maybe know. you can tell us. My parents would probably have a lot to say on this topic. I think a lot of times our how-tos are more of what not what not to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, bear with us and we'll figure it out. I will say again, though, being a parent is literally the absolute hardest thing in the entire world. Yes, it is. And just when you think you've got it figured out, bam. They change it up. They change it up. They change the rules. And then you don't even know what's going on. You don't even know how to play the game. You were not invited to Mm -hmm. the game. That's how bad it is. I mean, they don't come with manuals. This would be so much easier if we got a manual. You know, like I do when I buy a car. (laughs) Yeah. And if you think that it's going smoothly, because I have been in denial. I, I have. You think it's going smoothly? You need to think again. Because anything that's too good to be true is too good to be yeah, true. Yeah. It's just not a thing. It's not real. It's not real life. I think several of our listeners have unique situations and we're no different. Being a mom is one thing, but being a bonus mom, it's a world of its own. And Maybe that's why the teen years for my last biological child are so much more difficult than anything else. You're a bonus mom to my kids. Mm -hmm. Maybe not in the legal sense, but in all other facets of it, you are their mom as well. And if it weren't for you picking up the slack, I would be crazy. I mean, I think it takes a team. Uh, I can't imagine being where I'm at right now being back single, being full-time working, if I didn't have your help. Like, oh, yeah. We have to depend on each other. There's no way I would be able to do it. Nope. I Same. can't tell you how much like I appreciate that because I know that there's so many women in my position that don't have that. And so I never take it for granted. We've both been one of those women before yes. that didn't have that. So we know. Mm-hmm. We step in when the other one can't. And that is... It makes an already difficult hood to drive through just a little bit easier. Yeah. And we'll take it where we can get uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. 
I'm going to tell you the biggest lie we tell ourselves or that we allow ourselves to believe is that babies are so hard. We tell ourselves that, oh, it's going to get better when they become teenagers. And I'm going to tell you right now, filthy, disgusting lies, Mm -hmm. lies. They are so much easier when they're easily contained as babies. They're manageable. Maybe they're not self-sufficient or you don't get a lot of sleep, but you lose sleep in different ways. Yes. When they're teens, they present to you a whole new list of fears as a mom, as a parent. I think when Haley and Taylor were little, I worried a lot about what kind of mom I would be. I worked, so I was not at home with them. Unfortunately, I think I did miss a whole lot of firsts and just a lot of things that happened in their lives. But guess what? They don't remember that because they were young. Mm -hmm. I think the most important thing is being there when they're older. It is. It is. My parents always reminded me, your kids are going to need you a lot more in their older years than they did even when they were tiny babies. Yes, that's true. When they're tiny babies, your sole responsibility is to keep them alive and fed, right? Mm -hmm. Like, just make sure they're alive. When they're older, you're really guiding them. You're saving them. I can't tell you how many times my parents have had to rescue me as an adult versus it not really ever happening when I'm when I was little. You know, they keep you from touching a light socket or this or that. But the older you get, the bigger those, you know, little things become. It's not a light socket anymore. These are life changing yes. things that they're having to protect you from. That's exactly what I was going to say. There are so many other outside influences that can affect your children. You are able to contain them in this small space when they're little. When they're bigger, the world is out there. And then they start exploring it and bam, danger on around every corner. And you're trying to protect them from all these other things. And then nowadays, it's even worse because there's social media and there are smartphones and all these things that kids can do that they couldn't do years ago. Exactly. Yeah. And I think the biggest, another big thing is as a parent, you want to try to navigate parenthood in a way that when they do become adults and they're needing to be rescued or saved, they know to come to you. And it's our job to facilitate and set that up for them. I think as parents, my job's not over when they're 18. No, it's only really just beginning its new phase. And I want my kids and I, I watch your kids because they are adults and they have you. They know who to run to when they do make those mistakes or they have those issues or they're needing rescue or help or whatnot. You've set it up to where you are the parent that they run to. But, you know, there's a time period pretty much when they're teenagers that this happens when they're little. It's always mom, mom, mom. They ask you everything and they tell you everything when they become teenagers. They know it all, and they're not going to tell you a damn thing. Nope. Not even a little bit. Now, when they become adults, then they come back to asking the questions, Mom, how do I make this? What do I do with this? How do I make a doctor's appointment? All these things. And then when they start creating lives of their own, literally, they come to you again. They need you. I need you. Help me. What do I do with this thing that I just baked for nine months? How do I take care of it? Now, all of a sudden, Mom knows what she's talking about. I want to go. I want to tell my girls who are... You know, one of them already has the baby, but the, they're having new babies. And I want to just be like, well, I don't know. You had it all figured out before. So why don't you just ask yourself since exactly. you know so much? But I won't because, you know, that's what moms do. Anyway, when the girls became teenagers, I was blessed that I was able to stay at home with them 
In addition to them, I had this toddler running around. But I'm so grateful to have been there when they were teenagers. Real tough shit goes down. Uh Uh-huh. Especially with girls when they become teenagers. Well, I was a teenage girl. Yeah. yeah. I knew how it went. I was melting down. Was it yesterday to you? Yes. And you said, well, you know, you should talk to my mom because this is what happened. And the stories you're telling about you, I would have beat your ass. I'm sure my mom wanted to. It was like, I can't even believe that's the person that's my best friend that Uh I'm staring at today. You turned out very, (laughs) very well. I was trying to make you feel better about (laughs) about your situation because in comparison, it's so small. Yeah. Yeah. I was an awful teenager. It was hard for the girls. It was hard for me to be a mom when they were teens. At the same time, I understood them. I could relate because I am a girl. I knew the things they were going through. Girls are emotional. Then you add in PMS and high school drama and all the boyfriends and and it's a shit show. But I understood because I had been through all those things. So when we had knocked down drag outs and I had two very different personalities, I just got it. It seemed like it was easy for me. Now, fast forward, girls are grown starting their own lives. I still have this teenage son at home. It's a, a half man and a half child. Again, he knows it all, so he's not going to ask me for anything. He's got facial hair. Know nothing about that. He smells like feet and cheese. He's got the mouth of a sailor. He listens to music I don't understand. So many times, I remember Tanner's favorite book when he was little, and I read it to him. I think we went through three copies of it because we left him on airplanes and playgrounds. And it was the I love you forever, I like you for always, you know, all those scenarios that are in that book, they play out to me over and over again. And it's perfect. Bringing home the smelly kids that eat all the food, it's saying bad words in front of grandma. That is what encompasses a teenage boy. But it's extremely foreign to me. You've got three boys that mm-hmm. you birthed. Yeah. I have this one and I don't know anything. I'm Essentially now raising him as a single mom and not because he doesn't have an amazing dad, but because the military thinks that he's better suited far away from his family Mm -hmm. than being here helping in these very important years that are very impactful for a young man that he needs to stand. He needs that role model. And and there are things that are going to go on with his body that I don't know about because I don't have a wiener and I don't know what to do. I'm just. I'm baffled. You just have to talk to him. I mean, it's the same as a girl. Hormones are raging. He's a teenager. And what you just said, he's looks like a man, but he's still a child. He's 15. So he feels the same way. He feels like a man in some aspects, but in others, he's pulling away from his little boyhood, which was safety. I mean, little boys, I feel like don't have this desire to grow up very fast. Usually like girls do. We're ready. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, that is true. We're always prepared to be a caretaker and nurturer. And like, we're ready to start making babies and date and kiss and all these things. Boys only have this mindset of destruction or or just technology. and, And they're very they're very set back. That's why men don't mature as fast as girls do. I mean, this goes on and on and on, even into our decades. So where at 15. But that's not my problem. That's his girlfriend. I know. That's problem. But I think like putting yourself in the position of the mom, you can actually relate to him. You can understand, okay, he's 15. Now I know what I was doing at 15. He's not going to be doing those things at 15 because he's a boy. And it's not always gendered, but 
let's just be real here. Sometimes it is. And sometimes that's just how we have to look at things. You know, he's a boy and he's also the baby. He is the baby. And he's kind of been an only-ish child on and off for a while. Yeah, his sisters are so much older. mm -hmm. So I think one of my fears with him is I don't want to mess him up. I can remember this little bitty baby. Well, he was never little, but this baby that I had and he was so sweet and so perfect and he just loved his mom and he would have crawled back up inside of me if he could have. He was attached. We did everything together. And now... It's like I can't do anything right. I never say anything right. And there are no take backsies. There aren't. You're not screwing him up, though. He'll be just screwed up enough to be funny. <laughs> That's what you okay, can hope for. Well, you know, maybe I'll give him some good therapy. Talk That's it. That's all you can hope for. That's it. Lately, though, with him, I think things have been just extremely difficult. And it's hard as a mom because you never want to see your kids hurt. Yeah. No. But it's it's even harder when you don't understand the reason for the anger and the outburst. He may not even understand them. Right. So then it's even more confusing. You know, I think with the girls, it was probably very understood. They're very vocal. Yes. Even if they didn't want to be sharing it with you, girls are dramatic. We tell everything. It's just how we are. I don't think Tanner is 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 that way, and not because just because he's a boy, but that's just who he is. It's his personality as yes. well. The girls they have. Well, we've talked about it before. All of our kids have different personalities, yes. and my girls, like you said, they love to talk. Taylor, not so much, but Haley talked to me about anything and everything, and still does. Sometimes I cringe and say, "You should probably go to Lauren and talk about <laughs> that," because that's not something I'm comfortable with. But with Tanner, it's. All bets are off. There's nothing that he's willing to divulge. He's very introverted. Yes. And And I am. So I relate. I'm introverted, but I'm also extroverted when I need to be. I think he can be too. He's just walking that fine line. And his decompression and his recharge while he's introverted just looks a little bit different. And if somebody bothers him or disrupts that... He has an anger outburst, oh, yeah. but as all that testosterone is now raging through him, he's going to have some, you know, adrenaline. Oh, oh yeah. Uh-huh. He does. We hear it in the mornings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's embarrassing. If it weren't for friends, I, I think I would have committed myself because I just, I don't get it. And I've tried so hard to wrap my head around what's going on. And I mean, I say this all the time. I don't have a wiener. I've seen my fair share. But I still don't know how they work and how they operate when it comes to the brain portion of that body. I went down and talked to one of our really good friends who has three boys and just good kids, you Mm -hmm. know, really good kids, loving kids. She's one of those moms that you envy because she seems like she's always got it together and she's going to always give you good, solid advice. She's honest and I think, too, I trust her opinion because she's been in Tanner's life a long time. Yeah. So she know I know that she cares about him and she's got his best interest. All the things she's telling me, it's they're so I don't want to say they were simple, but they were. Mm -hmm. When you get clouded as a mom, because whatever is going on in your world with your child, you just can't seem to figure it out. You got to just sometimes take a step back and look at the small picture. Really? You know? Yes. And say, okay, what kind of kid is he? He's a really good kid. He's going through something right now and it could be girls. It could be just, you know, boys may have friend drama. I don't know. I'm sure that they do. Of course. A lot of things 
have changed for him in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And his dad was just here for a couple of weeks and now he's gone again. And it's always a back and forth thing. And I'm sure that has some effect on him. But I have to think about how good he is. He really is good. He doesn't get into a lot of trouble. And one of the hardest things is that he has always been a really good kid. But all of a sudden, there's just this attitude that. Yeah, it's come out of nowhere pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And if it were my girls, I would have smacked it out of them. But for some reason. And I don't know if it is the boy thing or if it's, I don't know if it's because he's the baby or I'm probably, I'm going to be vulnerable for a minute and say that I do have a fear of rejection from my own child because, I mean, I've got daddy issues. And the minute I found out I was pregnant with Tanner, I knew that he was going to be a boy. And I, I remember weeping and saying, thank God, I finally got this man that's never going to leave me. And so that's terrible to admit that, but that's a feeling that I have. And that's not on him, but it's causing me to not be able to be the best mom that I can be to him because of those. Some of that. Yeah, because some of it you may have projected upon him at one time. Or even at different times, maybe he feels like it's being projected. So he feels like he has to be this man in your life. And that's a lot of pressure. But for me, it's that I don't want to discipline him too much because what if he gets mad at me and he doesn't want me to be his mom anymore? Well, I mean, he's stuck with me. So he doesn't really have a choice there. Not really an option, but you know, I'm going to be honest and I probably will get mom shamed. But this is just a for instance. And I hope Tanner doesn't listen because he'd probably be mad at me for saying, but it's okay. I feel like this all started with the haircut. No. Oh, God. (laughs) Who knew you could ruin a teenage boy's life with a haircut? With a haircut. But you can. Let me just tell you, Mm -hmm. you can. This child looked homeless and unloved. I said, Tanner, you're going to get a haircut because it's your sister's wedding. And I want you to look like you have people in your life that care for you. And you just don't right now. Like we planned it out, you know, and we said, here, this is going to be the day that we're going to get the haircut. This is what's going to happen. You can pick out the styles that you want. And it seemed like everything was okay until the actual haircut itself. And then we get in the car after the haircut and he just loses it and he's mad. And we're kind of laughing in the beginning, but then we realize like he's like really upset. And so then I'm getting angry because he's kind of being a little mouthy. And he just tells his dad and I, you fucked me. And I look back and I'm thinking, what? It took me by surprise, but I looked at him and I said, hey, Tanner, the only one fucked here is me. Yeah. You fucked my body up when you came out all 10 pounds of you. You know, how dare you over a haircut be that upset? Oh, I don't know. If I spoke like that around my mom. Would still she me. would have busted my lip. I mean, and my mom's not violent, but I'm just saying we never would have even dared. No. Nor would we have visibly shown how upset we were with a haircut or anything. Like you save it for your diary or you throw a fit in your room. Yeah. Um, Scream into your pillow. Or run away to your dad's, which <laughs> is what I did. <laughs> uh, you know, okay. I think it's easier for me because like you just said, girls pitch fits. But boys punch stuff. They get yeah, all they're violent. They're angry and it's just hard. They're violent. I mean, I see it in my little ones and they're not even teenagers yet. I'm hoping that by the time they become teenagers, that 
I've got it all figured out. I'm a pro by okay, then. You let me know. So then we're going to, we'll be okay. I hope so. You're I mean, you're helping with Tanner. That's why we, so you're going to get practice. That's why we love having Erin. She's like the OG yeah. of the teen boy mom club. And then it just trickles down and then I'm going to be an expert someday. We're going to be experts. We and are. Then we can tell you how to raise your teenage sons. So now we'll tell you, <laughs> how do you survive raising the teens? Well, you drink wine. Yeah. And I think more like it, it really just boils down to just keep them alive yeah it's the exact same mentality as when they're tiny babies they're like just plants. keep them alive you feed them water them give them a little sunshine i think <laughs> i think i'm gonna have a reprieve my first one i don't think he's gonna be an issue it's that second one that i'm oh, worried yeah. about and i'm bracing myself like a like a hurricane on the coast right now then the third one comes out like a bull in a china well truck. by then i just feel like i'm gonna give up <laughs> well but then you're tired oh yeah i've got one she's got six no thanks three's a crowd I think, though, if I were to give advice and take it or leave it, because clearly I don't have it all figured out, but be a parent first and a friend second. I think that's extremely important. That is the best advice you can give. That's how I was with my girls. Now we're best friends. But when they were younger, I was their parent. Yes. You need to understand your child's personality. And this is something that I learned from you, because I tried to parent all my kids the same way. But you can't. You have to learn what their little personality is. And funny enough, after we've had our meltdowns this week, Tanner and I laid in his bed the other night and I made him take the five love languages quiz. Oh, good idea. Because I think you need to understand how your kids, and it wasn't how I thought because I showered him with all these touches and loves and kisses and not the inappropriate kind, but the right amount of appropriateness. Okay. But he doesn't like that. That's not his love language. So I wasn't fulfilling him. And now that I've learned, I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better as a mom. You got to communicate with your kids, which was another thing that was very hard for me because that's just not how I was raised. We didn't have that open communication. That's one that I would say I had in my younger years, my younger teenage years with my mom up until I ran away. I ran away a lot as a teenager. In fact, three times. So you could have a runaway. (laughs) Yeah, you and dad, cousin, I ran away from you. So you could have a runaway on your hands. I tried to run away when I was 12. Then I successfully did it when I was 14. Then I did it again at 16. And then I did it again at 18. But I felt like at some point the lines of communication closed from my parents because I was the first. So I was the practice child. Oh, now, yeah, guinea pig kid. The younger kids, they my mom has opened up the lines of communication again. But I want to get it or at least attempt to get it right the first time and have those open lines with my oldest so that, and I know he's not going to come to it with everything, but in my head, my expectations are very high that we're going to at least try. I mean, I tell him all the time now, if you communicate with me, I'll communicate with you. I don't believe in putting our burdens onto our kids. Right. But if I'm heartbroken over, like, for example, this breakup, I at least voice it to the boys. It's it's fair to them to know that, okay, mom's going through something, which means that when they're 16, 17, 18, and so on, and they're going through something, they can relate it back to, hey, I remember mom going through a breakup and that's how she felt. She might know a little something to be able to help me with this. I want that open lines now so that someday when they are adults and they're going to need me a whole lot more again, they know to come to me or they feel safe coming to me. I love that because I sheltered my girls from it. I didn't want to tell them anytime I was hurting or going through something. But with Tanner, I've learned I have to be open and I just say, hey, look, dude, you're not the only one going through something. Here's what mom's dealing with right now. So maybe have a little bit of sympathy for me Mm -hmm. while I'm trying to still be your parent. 
that's the hardest thing about being a parent. You've got to go through your own crap, but you still have to be a parent. There, there's no timeouts in motherhood. Yeah, exactly. And it's difficult. I think you also have to set clear expectations, rules, and responsibilities for your kids. Then you have consequences and you have to follow through. Follow through. I've not been good at that. I haven't either. Don't worry. We all I'm, fail. I at mean, that I'm going to, I will not get an A, B, maybe not even a C in that. Cause like I said, I just haven't, it's just not my strong suit. You need to be involved. Be involved in your kids' lives. Know what they're doing. Keep them busy so that they can't be involved in the wrong things. If you give them all this, this positivity, surround them with it. Chances are they're going to choose the right road. If it's possible to be there when your kids get out of school, I would suggest that. Yeah. Sometimes just having me here, Tanner doesn't even need me to be next to him, but he just needs to know mom's home. Okay, we're good. Yeah, that's it. Love them unconditionally. Never stop. Even if they turn out to be Ted Bundy's, I mean, you know, or Lawrence, or Lawrence, <laughs> or Taylor's. I'm sorry, I love you, Taylor. Love them unconditionally. Most important thing: have thick skin. Oh yeah, they're gonna hate you if you haven't been hated at least five times. You're doing it wrong. You aren't doing it right. That's what my mom always said. Yeah. If your kid doesn't tell you they hate you, you're doing it wrong. Doing it wrong. Okay, y'all, get in touch with us. We love to hear from our listeners. Send us topics that you'd like us to discuss, and if you want to learn more about us and hear all of our stories from the beginning of this chaos. Check out our website, pastchaos.com. If you want a more personal insight into the craziness that is our lives, follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Also, you can now stream season one of You, Me, and My Ex on Discovery+. Plus. Okay, I got to tell you something before we get to you. I need to confess. I went on a date this week. Who'd you go on a date with? It was very last minute. (laughs) Okay, he was extremely handsome. A little short, and that's saying a lot for me. Okay, that's fair. I had to drive. Which was, should have been my first red flag. It really should have. He had the nerve to fall Fall asleep. asleep. He pulled a Heather. He pulled a Heather (laughs) on the way. Then when I'm making suggestions, he's like, you know, I really like Chick-fil-A. I'm a vegetarian. And he chose Chick-fil-A. Then had the audacity to fall asleep again on the ride home. Even with all those negatives. Did you have to pay for dinner too? I had to pay for dinner. Next. Next. But... He's cute. This is the best date I've had in a long time. And he was our little jet. Oh, he is a good date. This is a good date. The best. Know? I'm sorry, We watched Clyde with a chance of meatballs and yep. had ourselves a good time. You can't top a jet date. You just can't. So men that are in line, women that are, whoever. Yeah, line, whoever's in line, just back Step up. aside. Uh, you'll never compete. All right, back um, to business. So I don't have any dates of the week. This is my week with the boys. So obviously I don't, I don't take dates. And what's funny is the only real dates that I'm even like got planned are going to be with friends like it's i'm that's you know a what good date i was thinking about it this week though and i said you know really dating your friends is the way to go date your friends i was do reading things. that today as a matter of fact do things that you would do with an intimate partner but not intimately but do it with your friends travel go to dinner go to a movie like do the fun things that you would ordinarily do on a first date or a second date do it with your friends or do it with someone that you know that you feel safe with. While I'm still not ready to actually like date date, mm-hmm. I'm having a good time at least learning myself again and trying to heal through this process. But anyways, so the only other future I plan really I have is I did get asked to take a trip with someone. And this is someone I knew years ago that I did briefly date. And 
they asked to for me to come out to Tennessee next month. How do you feel about traveling with like... Can you bring a friend? <laughs> you would probably <laughs> say yes. How would you feel about traveling with a stranger? Or not necessarily a stranger, but not someone that you are really in a relationship with? I'm going to be honest, and you probably already know the answer to this. While it sounds so exciting, you know me, and I'm a weirdo, and I have too many little... Weirdo things? Yeah, yeah, I do. And you know, I can't poop around people. Oh, that doesn't, that stuff doesn't bother me. So I've traveled before with guys that I haven't been in a relationship with. So they're like old friends or someone that maybe like potentially we'd considered dating in the past. And I've traveled with them or we'd meet up in a city and like have basically a first date that doesn't end for three or four days. And I had a great time. I think if you are single and you're two single people and you both enjoy traveling, why not just take a travel date together? I mean, that is if you're into the whole not committing thing. I mean, I think it's fun. Who knows? No, it just sounds so much fun, but. Well, the way my work schedule is set up, I don't think I'm going to be able to, but it was kind of an interesting, like, is it too soon for something like this? Or is this exactly what I need to like escape and just have like a fun travel date with someone? For you, exactly what you need. For me, anxiety. Uh, we'll see. What if I have, you know, number twos? <laughs> it's just not going to happen. And then we're all, if I can't, it's going to get real. If I can't number two in front of you, we're not, you're not the one. <laughs> That's all the time we have for tonight. Thanks so much for listening and hanging out with us. If you'd like to find out more about the Kirks and our big blended family, visit our website at pastchaos.com. Make sure you don't miss out on any of this train wreck and chaos by hitting the subscribe button. If you really want to get personal, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Be sure to tune in every Sunday when we release new episodes. We would really appreciate it if you would subscribe to and review our podcast. And just so y'all know, we love Jesus, but we cuss a little.